The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. Everybody, it's Pollyanna Amazing, and I am here tonight with my amazing friend, Sersha. And tonight we're going to have a super awesome conversation about getting together with yourself. Sersha, I would love it if you would introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are. So my name is Sersha Wong. Um, I live up here in Canada, the Great White North. Uh, I, am, <laughs> I am a Tantra teacher and coach and intuitive guide. <clears throat> I play with a lot of fun aspects. The physical um, embodiment is probably one of my favorites, which I think is why this, today's topic is going to be fun because all our healing is done through the body and you can't heal better than with sex, right? So That is true. That yes. Is true. Can you go ahead and tell them where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram, Sersha Wong. So, um, and do I need to spell it? Because my name is a good name. Yeah, you do. You need to spell okay, it. Okay, so it's S A O I R S E W A N G, Sersha Wong on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook also. And my website is Asati Tantra. Yeah, so dot com. <laughs> Not a C A, so everyone can find me. Yeah. That's true. We need to find you because you are amazing. And if anybody wants to ever contact her, she is amazing. When it comes to readings and things like that, she is a wonderful spiritual guide and absolute good friend to me. So today, what are we talking about, Sarah? We're going to talk about self-pleasure and self-pleasure for me was uh, a taboo no-no when I grew up, right? So I grew up in a very religious, very conservative area of the world. And in that part of the world, you don't talk about touching yourself. There are a lot of negative connotations that come from that that line of thinking. So when you were growing up, let's talk about that. How how did it go for you? Were you... you know, it's, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of an odd duck because um, it wasn't a taboo. It just wasn't talked about. It just wasn't thought about kind of thing. Like, um, my mom was, um, a teen pregnancy. So she was very open about sex and when you have it, choose someone you love, make it enjoyable. So I didn't have any fear around the concept of sex. Um, but I really didn't engage with myself sexually until I was about 19. It just did not play in my realm of thinking. I would be considered probably a late bloomer, but 
I didn't find most of the boys I went to school with very interesting. I didn't find most of the girls I went to school interesting. Sure. Um, I think my first crush was uh, Patrick Stewart and Sean Connery. So I had a thing for a certain type of man. But the self-pleasuring thing was just, it wasn't in my realm of thought process till about 19 when I went, hmm, something's tingly down there all of a sudden. Like it's... So I have, a, I have a different, um, I have a different journey with my sexuality than a lot of people. Yeah. Sure, sure. But I, I'm lucky I didn't have the shame taboo. Yeah, that's a really, because right. that's a huge fucking hurdle for a lot of people to get over is the shame taboo. Absolutely. I think whenever I started teaching Tantra, well, even learning Tantra, let's just say, starting back, mm -hmm. it was very difficult for me to, to start, you know, we do pleasure journaling and that sort of thing in Tantra. And that was super difficult for me to make a date with myself to, to figure out what feels good to me because I have been with partners for so many years that mm -hmm. that's another piece that we don't think about is that I wasn't really, I wasn't having to ha masturbate or in my mind, I wasn't having to be because I was simply satisfied with the partner play that I had. And I didn't realize what I was doing by not touching myself. I didn't realize that yeah. I was allowing my pleasure to be a product of somebody else's pleasure, which isn't, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, please, by all means, play, play all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Sometimes you have to be like, okay, wait, I'm in the mood. You're not in the mood. I don't want to make you do it. Uh, you know, we have that false sense of men want to have sex all the time. They don't, not necessarily. That's not a yeah, thing. I, I personally have found that actually women have a higher libido than men. Yeah. I, I really believe that women actually want more sex. And it's interesting because if you read a lot of the new studies that are out there, that is the truth that's being proven is women require more creative, more interesting, more gratifying sexual experiences. And our libido is on higher. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a fat, like now that we're finding out genetically that we're tied closer to the bonobo monkeys, as opposed to the, um, whatever the chimpanzee, yeah. we're, the, we're the whole dynamic of how we look at female sexuality is changing. Yeah. And that's, Thank God we have women in science now going, actually, wait a second. Mm, no. And then women being like, wait a second, I'm actually horny a lot here. Right. Right. And and getting us okay with the fact that it's okay that we're horny. Right. Or and not. Or not. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's another thing is, is the, uh, what we try to do on Buried Pleasures is have conversations that are open with my friends because I love you guys so much to allow other people to think, okay, maybe I can talk to my friend or maybe somebody else knows about this and I don't have to be afraid to talk about it because other people are doing the same thing and having the same thoughts and, and that's huge. So let's talk about myths behind masturbation, which I have, I, I tell you, like I'm probably the only person in the world that will wake up and say, Hey friends, give me some really cool masturbation stories." <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what I was doing this morning before we, we are doing the show because I want to know cool stories that you had or that, you know, somebody else had that I can share with the, with the audience to hear, you know, like you're not out there, you're not alone. There are a lot of really fun and cool things going on behind the scenes. So it's uh, really important to, uh, 
to, to dive into those and to, to be open and to discuss those kinds of things so that, you know, later on we can, we can share and we can compare and we can laugh and we can cry and, <laughs> and, you know, and to the soul. And yeah. Totally. I think, I think it's really, yeah, I think that's a really important thing is finding people that we can safely talk about these things because what makes them taboo is the not talking. Yeah. And what makes them shameful is the not talking. Like you grew up in a very religious background, yeah. not talking about things. Mm -hmm. That right there is the serious problem. Yeah. When we don't talk and share and explain and go, oh, this is fun. This isn't fun. Oh, okay. I'm glad you had fun over here. And I can't believe you did that. Um, <laughs> maybe try this angle like we don't know we're left to the exploration of ourselves by ourselves yeah. and let's be honest we're all going to explore and we should we have these dynamic beautiful bodies to play with yeah. and then we're taught no like what a stupid ass backwards way <laughs> to live right right um so yeah conversation is how we learn and also then we embody that conversation with taking that stuff. And so we want to give people, you know, some good information right. and some good stories of what to do, what not to do. Like, I mean, we learn through stories. So right. Good times. Yeah, that's right. I happen to be the person that a lot, a lot of people have, they, I, they have my number, they call me, they're like, hey, okay, help me out here. Like there's, I don't know what to do. I just, for instance, a couple days ago, I had a friend say, is it like, why is my kid like writhing all over the floor? Why are they humping the couch? Why are they doing these things? And I'm like, eh, it's okay. Because that's how you learn to self-soothe as a child, as an infant. And there's, there, you know, there are studies out there that say that we are in infancy inside our mother's womb, you know, masturbating. So yeah. that is absolutely a factual thing that can happen. So, um, I love to, to tell those stories. So I think today I'm going to tell a couple of stories that I might've heard this morning from a few friends and uh, maybe coworkers and uh, maybe some other folks <laughs> that I know here and there. But I had a really good friend that talked to me about, um, you know, what happens whenever your batteries go dead, right? <laughs> You're in the middle of a play session, your batteries go dead. What are you supposed to do? frantically searching you're right at that moment you can't go any oh. further right oh. like right there and you're, you're just right at that tip oh battery's dead what are you supposed to do so what does she do she jumps up tries to get a charger for the rechargeable batteries the cat bit uh, um bit the cord in half so there was none of that so she goes out in the kitchen she's scrambling for batteries can't find anything what are you supposed to do? So she drove herself to the adult toy store and bought herself the magic wand that she's enjoyed since then. <laughs> that's rechargeable and she loves it and it's reliable. So that's always a good thing to have. I also have another friend who had new battery Wednesday. You know who you are and I love you. <laughs> she, you know, new battery Wednesdays was always <laughs> a discussion, right? Make sure your batteries, like mark it on the calendar, guys. If you're going to do self-play and you're going to be safe about things and, and you want to be on top of it, then check your then get on top of it. That's right. Get on top that's of a it. Good, that's a good one. I like the new Battery Wednesdays. And, you know, thank God the toys that we have now are plug-inable. 
Oh, right. Like the rechargeableness. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to the, to the to the local mom and pop uh, porn stores and getting the yeah. little tiny like bullet vibes that last for about a day, maybe. <laughs> not a good, not a good purchase, guys. Get a good. No, no. Yeah. No, sure. go go get that. Go get and you know invest in your pleasure toys. Invest in your pleasure toys for sure. Like get some good ones because I mean. Yeah, this is your self play. This is your self X. Don't cheap out there. Nope. Don't like you know, go buy some cheap shoes. Don't cheap out on your toys. Don't jump on Wish and get a vibrator, guys. It's not. No. Oh. <laughs> you get something from China with some kind of terrible lead paint in it, and it'll it'll cause you to have cancer. Don't do that. Be <laughs> <laughs> sure Invest. you reputable toys. <laughs> Invest in good toys. Yeah. and ones that you like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sersha, tell me, if you were going to have a play date with yourself, mm -hmm. what would be some of the things that you would bring to your play date with yourself? Well, that's a good question. You know, um, I don't have enough play dates, um, but when I do, I feel like all of a sudden, like the Dasecki commercial, why don't I do? Um, I, for me, like I'm a hands stimulator, so I'll have a toy for internal play, mm -hmm. but I, I love my hands. Yeah, I feel yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I like to set the mood. So it depends what kind of play date too, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just want a quickie. I just need to tingle and go kind of thing. Yeah. And then sometimes you want a full meal out kind of thing. Um, so then I'll set the mood. I have a great lounger sex chair that I'm like, I'll nice. flick my sex blanket on and I'll get all my, you know, oils and concoctions beside me, mm -hmm. the toys I want to play with that day. I, you know, I set the, you know, blanket, I make sure my feet are cozy because there's nothing worse than when you're playing with yourself and your feet are cold. <laughs> cold all the feet ladies are good. about cold feet, for sure. <laughs> you know, and it's just a side note, it's very interesting that is a very important thing when you're in sexual play with because I know there's also a myth about you know men who wear socks to bed it's disgusting I'm like no keep their feet warm so the blood flows to where you want it to go keep your feet warm you don't need a diversion of your blood flow that's for sure no we don't want to be like oh my toes might fall off no bring all that blood and all that juiciness up to your vulva up to his you know, he's a lingam. Let's get it all up there. Exactly. So keep your toes warm. <laughs> so sex with socks is a good thing. Sex with socks. I don't know when the last time I think I'd ever had sex with socks on. I'd have to think about that, really. Well, when you, st I, when you start, uh -huh. I, for me, <laughs> anyways, I need socks to start with or my little slippers. And then as we heat up and the blood rushes, then I need to be able to take them off. But if I don't start with <laughs> and that's your image forever now, right? Yeah, now I'm gonna be like, I'm getting new socks for Christmas every year. <laughs> that is for sure. Sex socks, business. Oh my god, that, there we go. Business sex socks time. are important. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a new thing we can do. Sex socks. I'm in. You have a pair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Sex socks. Do you have a pair? <laughs> We're in. Oh my gosh. You got it. That's take it and <laughs> run. It. So, <laughs> yeah, so scent is very important. Oh, yeah. Music. 
I like to make sure I'm all sort of, uh, sometimes I'll wear something nice. Sometimes I just like to be uh, naked in my glory. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just about cozy. So I'll put on, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm a Libra. So everything about me is like emotionally driven. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's me. The cancer is way worse. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all good. Released balance. That's for a different show. But anyway, yeah. to continue, let's throw in yeah. another little story. So I also had a friend who sent in the most hilarious story, I think of all of them today and not mentioning any names, but there was a time when he and his partner wanted to get a little intimate, you know, and in the middle of this intimacy, you've got to get some lube, right? You need it. You want it. It, it makes things so much easier. Well, mm -hmm. when he reached for the lotion, who knew that it was post waxing lotion? So for the ladies and gentlemen out there that don't know, after you have waxing done of your genitalia, your legs, your whatever armpits, you might need a little comforting, little lidocaine-ish type lotion. Well, in the heat of the moment, in the passion of it, he rubs this all over his penis and all over his partner, but then can't feel it. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> well, it's good to know the product works. But the product does work, but <laughs> for the intimate time, not so much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you got to get a little bit better with that. But I, you know, <laughs> some really other great stories are the things that people will use in lieu of a vibrator or um, a oh. sex toy, um, come on, guys, you got to be really careful when you do that. We had this discussion on a show that I did, uh, you know, about anal play and sex toys um, and proper toys, please. Especially, especially the anal ones, but yeah, what? yeah, like, but all toys. Like, I remember. Um, I don't know if you ever heard the story of the woman with her carrot. Mm, well, I worked in an ER, so I've seen So you've got to have heard of a woman and a carrot at some point. But if you don't use it, things can get stuck in cavities. And, you know, like, that's why the toys are there. Again, that's why investing in good toys is important. You know, and you don't have to spend thousands of dollars, but, you know. And if make your first toy really lovely, spend a good couple hundred dollars, put a little bit of money aside. Right. Exactly. Quality yeah. toy. Quality yeah. toy. Yeah. Those are always important. Also hygiene. Okay. Hygiene oh, please. is huge whenever you're playing with your toys. You don't just use it on yourself and then throw it in a drawer. Please clean your toys. That's extremely important. And as a hygiene part, a, a secondary part on that hygiene talk, Another friend messaged me and said, <laughs> hey, I was with a partner and we were making um, some really good uh, Mexican relish, okay? And in that Mexican relish, you know, there's carrots, cauliflower, there's also peppers. And any time that you use habaneros or any kind of hot chili pepper that you know is going to get on your hands, one of the best things for you to do after you've cut up your peppers is to wash your hands, <laughs> not just fall right into active sex play because what can happen when you have peppers on your hands, that oil 
can really turn up the heat if you get my meeting for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Wrong kind, oh, of sizzle, Wrong kind of sizzle. You yeah. want a different kind. <laughs> oh my my yoni just closes up at the thought of that. She's like, no. <laughs> right. But you no. know it can happen. You know it can yeah. happen. And oh, yeah. you don't want to get irritations. You don't want to you're like this is your fun time for you. This is not, you know this is, this is for you. And you don't want to like go to the hospital with things not where they're supposed to be or with rashes that you don't want to have. These are not things that you want to no, no, they are not. Or you are. And if you do, you run into Polly Ann oh, yeah. and she will set you straight at the hospital. There <laughs> are thousands and thousands of ER out, nurses out there that are listening to this. ER physicians, ER PAs, nurse practitioners, whomever you are, you know, you've seen that oh, okay. come in with ridiculous things. And, you know, a lot of that could have been, you know, like subsided or not happened if they had been a little better educated on what to do. And I, yeah. make, I make the comment all the time, all toys should have like, do you remember how the Wii remotes had a strap around the wrist, like a Wii remote strap? <laughs> Oh yes, I remember those. Yeah, sex toys should come with something like that, like a little stop or a little something, something so you can keep a hold of it. Because guys, listen, you you don't realize how powerful the body is and where these things can end up. So smart play is the best play for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Sersha. Um, being in a, you're in a monogamous relationship, so yes. playtime, uh, masturbation in a relationship. What's your thoughts on that? Well, <clears throat> for us, it's heavily important because we have a different journey in our relationship. My partner is, um, is working through a porn addiction. Mm -hmm. And so from the beginning of our relationship, we did not have good sexual relations. Um, he didn't find me physically attractive, being addicted to what he saw in porn, and I ain't no porn girl. Um, uh, so I'm a real woman, I'm all juicy. And so we've been working through that. So to get my sexual gratification, it has to be a lot of masturbation, sure. right? Like. Yeah. My shower head can be my friend some days. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> when they invented it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sometimes you're like, I don't have time for the whole juicy play. I just need a little, little pick me up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I, you know, but we also, we also play with each other in that regards too, right? Like, yeah. So I think that it's really important to remember that you are your own entity within a relationship mm -hmm. and to honor and play with yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very important that he does the same okay. so that we can make sure that we, when we do come together, there is, we can, we can make it a really beautiful lasting thing yeah. as well. So masturbation really helps with, with that. It helps with the longevity. It helps with me being able to be in touch with my sexuality because I have a personality that can shut down. I've been celibate for five years because I just had no sexual, you know, touch to myself or in there. So I'm very easily can road into that way. So I have to maintain some masturbation if I want to maintain 
some sexuality in my life. So for me, it's very important. What would you say to couples out there? Because I've heard this comment several times just in teaching and in practical life. What do you think about the couples out there that say you can't masturbate while you can't make yourself come while I'm not home? That's not, that's mine. That's not yours. What do you think about that? Have you heard that? Oh, oh my, my little feminist soul kind of, kind of like <laughs> wants to reach out of the screen and the wow. screen. Right. It's for guys yeah. and girls too, right? Like, yeah, no, no, I totally understand. I guess that's still my feminist soul yeah. screen. Sure. <laughs> um, the concept, see, to me, that also kind of breeds into the fact that you think there's only a limited amount of orgasms you can have. Like, that's what I want to ask. Do you think we, we only get a certain amount and when that amount is over, you're done with your orgasm schedule? Right. Um, so I think that we have to also talk about, especially for women, the more orgasms we have, the better connected we are to ourselves emotionally, physically, and mentally. So yeah, I don't want you to limit that you only get your orgasm when your partner gives it to you. That's right. Then on top of it, you might have a partner who's not hitting the right spots one day. Mm -hmm. And so that brings into the play of faking your orgasms to make your partner feel good. Right. So that's playing into too, that's playing into too many unhealthy thought processes. So if I have a client who sits down and says that, I really want to talk to them about why do you have that need? What's this about? And can we satisfy this in a different way? Can we open up your concept of sexuality? Because it's also creating a very small perspective that only my partner can give me an orgasm and I'm only allowed to have one with them. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had sex with partners and I've been like, there ain't no fucking orgasm happening. <laughs> you just know. Um, and I've had sex with men. It's the same thing where they're just, it's not happening. And so to say that the only time I can get it from them is from them and then they're having an off day or I'm having an off day, that's, that's that is an unfair structure around sexuality. It totally is. And, and I've had, you know, I've had the occasion that people will ask me, you know, if I, if I keep doing this, if I keep playing with myself, if I keep masturbating, that sort of thing, am I going to stop being able to have an orgasm with my partner? And the answer to that is absolutely no. You can no. masturbate. You can pleasure yourself. You will have better orgasms later with your partner if you know where to tell them to go mm -hmm. everybody needs a roadmap like what would we do without siri these days <laughs> right fucking google maps thank you right like how would how would you get to places if you didn't know they were there if you didn't have a map if you didn't have somebody an explorer to show you that's what we need yeah, exactly also everyone is wired so differently so the map is different for each human being. Right. And that's really important to understand that what worked for your past partner is not going to work for your present partner or your future partner. Correct. So if you aren't allowed to play with yourself or they're not allowed to play with them, you're going to be playing tricks and trades that you used on a past partner. And they're going to be like going, fuck me, I'm never going to get off. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like, and so it's, you have to, each person is so wired uniquely and differently. We've got to be okay with that. It is not a one, two, three punch. Right. 
And yeah. I don't think it's necessarily the right thing to do to, um, to hold your partner to, you will not masturbate whenever I'm not here. I just don't think that that's a good, it's no. not a good way to go. It's not a good way to promote communication. It is not Amen. a good way for people to figure out who they are and how they're feeling about things. So please, if you're in a relationship that that might be a thing, have some discussions around that. I think that um, you might find it to be a little more enlightening. Mm -hmm. Also, don't make it the only thing you're thinking about in the day. Don't constantly think that I need to masturbate today because I haven't gotten off for 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> that can also become an issue in that, you know, it's like a drug addiction, just like porn addiction, just like any other yeah. addiction, food addiction, smoking, drinking, what have you. Yeah. Dopamine. Your body loves, your brain loves the dopamine. Oh, yes. Anytime you have that fun little pleasurey time and you're just like, man, I don't like to do that again. Okay, well, that's cool. But I've seen studies out there where they have taken male mice and put them in a cage with a female mouse. Mm -hmm. And they will absolutely get a town on these little mice, but they lose interest after a while. But then that libido can come back if they put a new mouse, new mouse girl, come on over. <laughs> yeah. We get excited again. So what do you think about that? I mean, the fact that the losing the interest, that sort of thing, how we can well, use masturbation to spice it up a little or something? Absolutely. I think that is a key to spicing things up again, too. Like, we're creative beings, right? And so creativity is very important. If you want to be in a monogamous relationship or you want to be a serial monogamous or you want to be in a multiple mm -hmm. partner, all of these are beautiful things, but creativity and sexuality are in the same part of the body and the same wiring goes on. So accessing your creativity through your sexuality or your sexuality through your creativity is so important so that you don't get bored, mm -hmm. right? And that's why we bring in things like toys and our imagination. Um, I know uh, I, I have a personal thing with porn, so that's another topic, but yeah. you know, that's why people bring in porn. That's why people bring in other partners and bring in you know, fetish games, Just we, we're, because we're creative. Mm -hmm. And so limiting your access to how you and who you have sex with is, is not really functional for a healthy sex life right. if that's what you want to experience and not and imposing your sexual thoughts and beliefs on somebody is also not very healthy right so yes you're gonna get bored and sometimes you'll want to bring bring in a new mouse and that's fabulous mm -hmm. but that's where communication comes in does your partner want a physical new mouse do does is a physical new mouse a new toy for you right is a new mouse um you know imagining um i will i will use ryan reynolds because that's oh, what okay. is, i'll, I'll have all of those that. too thank you yeah, well, <laughs> I, you know we'll we'll bring in a fantasy right. body type right. I mean, when i was a kid it was fabio on the cover of every magazine right i know my mom was looking at the line going mm-hmm <laughs> and my daddy, we lived in a trailer, so I heard it that night. My daddy got some. Um, so, <laughs> and that's okay too, right? Like there's an excitement, there's a flirtation. Mm -hmm. And that's where communication is very important to be like, 
what are my healthy boundaries within my relationship right. to what kind of new mouse am I bringing in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, it's natural though. It is so yeah. natural for us to need to be creative. Oh, like for sure. so yeah. natural. So natural. And yeah. the addition of things like erotica, things mm-hmm. that you can, it's not necessarily like something that you're seeing that visually stimulates you. Yeah. Me reading an erotica story, which that ties into my childhood when my mom had like those trashy romance novels in the bathroom. Like, oh, what? <laughs> she pulled at her lace. What? Yeah, What's exactly. going on? His throbbing member was where? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So those kinds of things can be really stimulating on a different level. So mm-hmm. if porn addiction maybe is an issue, um, yeah. a way to sort of step back from that, but still have some stimulation because, uh, think about it this way, guys, if sometimes you can have too much of a good thing, I know that yes. there's no such thing as too much of a good thing, but sometimes chemically speaking in our brain, our brain can only go so far. So yeah. if our dopamine levels are really high, riding high, riding high, riding high, and then all of a sudden there's a little dip sometimes it's hard to get back up to that super high again. So finding alternative ways that are a little more healthy and a little more exploratory for you and your partner or for you yourself. So that if you feel like you're in an addictive um, scenario in your own mind, then this is something that you can, you know, check out other things to check out to help you maybe find something that you can feel a healthy balance with because a lot of people don't start saying that they have problems with, you know, porn or even masturbation addiction. There's some guys out there I've talked to good Lord, Mm -hmm. Nancy, let's talk about it. Shoo. They have some (laughs) issues to which they can't stop touching themselves all day long. Yeah. And in certain situations, is that okay? Sure. But you can't do certain things in public, which leads me to my next Uh, thought on that is um, having my friends ask why their children are, you know, rubbing their genitals on things. We as human beings want to feel satisfied, safe, and comforted. And as a child, that's, that's part of it is learning to touch yourself in a safe way without having to worry about somebody yelling, going, Ooh, that's gross. That's dirty. Stop touching that. Don't do that because we're making our children hate their genitals mm-hmm. and also perpetuating the <clears throat> constant, um, don't touch it, it's yucky, you're dirty. And, and then you get tied up as an adult in these thoughts of, well, I can't self-pleasure myself because my mom always told me that that would make me the dirty girl and mm-hmm. I can't be the dirty girl. Well, yeah. personally, you know, that was a tough one for me, honestly. And um, thanks to the Honey Dipper, got it all together. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good toy to invest in. The honey super, like a super yeah. gentle toy, honey dipper. If you haven't seen it, look at it. Go get it. Go get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You need that one for ad things. Okay. You know, it also creates such a disassociation in the mind and body and spirit, right? right? Like my training, most of my training comes from a spiritual background. Mm-hmm. And so, um, And there is such disassociation from the body Mm. and such a dislike of the body. And it all stems from that lack of wanting to touch your pleasurable self. 
right? It's a lack of acceptance of the human body and embodying all of that stuff that makes us delicious. And so those teachings that go like, oh, don't touch down there, la, la, la. Every time that's said to you, you disassociate from your body. Yeah. And so the more we can tell children, yeah, it's great. This is a beautiful part of you. This is a great expression. Maybe don't hump the sofa when grandma and grandpa are here. Right. Boundaries. You know, and, and it's just, it's teaching us appropriate places to be okay with touch. You know, we teach to, we teach people, I, we hopefully teach people not to run up and lick each other, right? <laughs> okay. That hasn't happened to me for a long time, so yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> um, I would, I would, um, I would like to say we don't, you know, teach people to run up and grope other human beings, right. but as a woman, that's, that's not a hundred percent true, but I'd like us to get to the point where we'd be like, this is my body, my temple. I'm okay to touch it. I will give you permission to touch it when I say, and I will touch it in appropriate places in appropriate places. Yeah. Right. And, and that's all teaching. But every time we tell someone that's dirty, we're disassociating them. We're, we're, we're blocking them and we're, we're breaking them. Yeah. From my point of view as a nurse practitioner, nurse, Mm. you know, um, you have to, in certain situations, you have to disassociate yourself from the the body because um, you may be doing procedures such as catheterization on a female or a male, or you're doing enemas. So you're touching these people in their private spots, not for pleasure by any means. So it's a trauma. And that's a really hard pill to swallow, no pun intended, whenever you're, <laughs> whenever you're, you're, you're dealing with people and their thought processes and their thoughts on their genitalia. You know, there's some ladies out there, they'll be like, okay, I've had three kids. John will jump up on this table. You do what you got to do, sis, get it done. And let's get, let's move. And then there's some men that are just like, oh my gosh, you have to touch my what? You have to put mm-hmm. what, where? You can't touch my dick, girl. Nope, can't do it. You're not touching that. I'm not, you know, nobody's seen that except for me and my wife of 90 years, you know? So it's making people understand and being comfortable with that has been a lifelong journey for me trying to talk, you know, the doctor says, hey, we need a catheter in this person. So you got to go talk them into it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) And that's, comes from a big thing like we're so uncomfortable with the human body mm-hmm. right there that, and that really breaks my heart with like how uncomfortable we are yeah. with the human body being the human body yeah. right I've um I dated um a, a man from Pakistan and to this day that still kind of makes me giggle if you know who I am um we were having a discussion about how he liked how I dressed because I dressed respectable was the word. And I'm like, I'm just dressing this way because I'm comfortable. Normally my titties are right. Like, I don't care. (laughs) And, and I kind of went and I stopped and I said, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, well, you know, some of the girls, they showed too much of this. And I went, you, before I punch you in the face, first of all, how you dress shouldn't dictate how you believe in who, who someone is. Right. Second of all, if you want to walk butt fuck naked down the street, we should applaud somebody for doing that, being comfortable enough in their skin to be like, 
here I am. I am gorgeous. Right. Look at all my jiggly wiggly bits and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> and you should look at it and go, way to go. If I give you the signal that, mm -hmm, yeah, maybe you can get a little with me. Mm -hmm. Then we have that conversation. But right. it would be so beautiful in my mind to reach the point in all cultures where everyone is so comfortable with their body. And we have learned how to integrate and how to be with ourselves and each other. That when a nurse says, yeah, I need to stick a catheter up there, we go, all right, no trauma, because I know I trust you. Right. And, and then when the guy's like, I'd really like to feel your boobies. And you're like, nope, not you, but maybe Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> maybe your friend. Yeah, maybe your friend, and he'll be like, okay, that's fine. I totally understand. I didn't wash my hands because I was cutting up for salsa, so probably good oh choice. Oh my gosh, habanero. Right? <laughs> right? I love that. Oh, I can't imagine. That's a great story. So, yeah, I think in my lifetime, have I probably traumatized some people unknowingly with some yes. procedural things that I've had to perform on them? And if you're one of those people out there, I apologize wholeheartedly. I would never do that on purpose. But honestly, if you've had a bad experience with that, that also adds into, you know, traumatic experiences can really cause masturbation and self-exploration to be, you know, like null. No, I don't want to have it. I, I, everything yeah. about that hurts me. It's not good. I don't like it. But what I'd like to encourage those people who may have that kind of problem is to find a reputable, reputable authentic Tantra practitioner out there. Um, you can look up, yes, you can look them up on the Institute of Authentic Tantra website and find somebody who can help you to find your inner peace through your own body and to help you reach enlightenment because yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's awesome. And you don't want somebody who's um, practicing a a, a certain type of, of ritual or what have you around you that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. You need somebody that's going to really help you open up and blossom and be the human that you want to be and mm -hmm. feel as good as you want to. And everybody, I'm telling you, I can't say it enough that this, you know, this ability to bring your inside outward to open up and be a little more exploratory or any of the, the, the words that you could use to be a searcher, to be a guide, help people get their feelings out there, it filters over into your professional life, into every aspect of your life, and things just go crazy. I can say that because I have my own podcast now, and I am <laughs> I'm feeling really great about it all, you know, and yeah. I would never had these... Um, these things happen for me, I don't believe, if I hadn't opened up myself to Tantra, to finding out answers for why I feel the way I do, why I am the way I am, and, you know, just breaking them all down to what they are, and leaving them at the door, and moving on, and learning these new experiences, and gaining all of this awesome information, so that I can help other people. That's what I'm here for. And I know you are too, Sersha. Yeah. I think that's key what you're saying too, like self-exploration in all senses of that word yeah. is what we're here for, right? Mm -hmm. Sexually, emotionally, physically, spiritually. 
And how we do one thing is how we do all things. Mm -hmm. So when you start to expand in one area, what, and you can pick whichever one of those areas you want. We just like sexuality because it's just right. way more fun. Because um, <laughs> we're fun at parties, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just, it's, it, what, like, if you're going to go for enlightenment, I think fucking your way to enlightenment is far more easier than praying your way or giving tithes or giving their power to somebody else because it's not going to happen. Right. But I can pleasure myself to enlightenment. I'm in. I, me too. But it is that self-exploration that is so important, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know why, like I didn't realize till going into trauma, I thought it was very sexually liberated and all of that good stuff. I'm quite happy. And it wasn't until we started to deeply practice Tantra that I went, oh, there's some trauma down there that I didn't know about. And that all came from that self-exploration, that self-masturbation that was like, I didn't even know. And, and from that, that's expanded. And then that's expanded into all other areas of my life. Yeah. And that's just from that one thing mm -hmm. of allowing that self-exploration to expand. And that's really beautiful way to kind of look at the world. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Yeah. I can just listen to that all day long, I swear. So let me ask you another question, Sersha. When it comes to when you're teaching your self-exploration or self-exploration to your Tantra um, students, <clears throat> what do you start off with? Like, how do you tell them, how, what do you tell them to do? How, how do you start it? Um, when I'm ready to teach them, Right. All right. So, okay. So, cause for myself, so the journey for how I teach with people is very intuitive, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I rely a lot on my intuition. And again, Tantra has like really deepened all of that intuition stuff. So for all of like, for anyone who wants to deepen their intuitive practices or who wants to become an intuitive or whatever, Tantra is probably the most profound path to get you there. It okay. cleans you up. It lets you listen. You can hear so much more. Mm -hmm. um, and it's ritualistic if you need to get into that. It's a beautiful path for that. Beautiful. So I always start fairly intuitive, but the first step for me is always you've got to master meditation because it's meditate before you masturbate. Meditate before you masturbate. You meditate before you masturbate or, or you're not going to gather all the good juju that you can gather through your session. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's gently, slowly too. So it depends on where the person is sitting in their journey with their sexuality like yeah. like you said you have people who have so much trauma that even just even just cupping cupping their genital area is enough to send them into a trauma spin right. that we we need to sort of create the container and the space for them okay um, I also work with body clients so I don't do the sexual touch with a lot of my clients yet they're not ready Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of getting people used to being touched. Sure. Yeah. Touch is really key, is really getting comfortable with that body. Before we get into, um, with us, we teach our OAP sessions or we teach our long tantra masturbation sessions. For me, I still have a hard time with those because the idea of me spending two hours just is not, <laughs> is not pleasurable for me at this moment. Gotcha. Um, Okay. But it until and then once I start in, I'm you you're like there. But so it's where where your blocks are, your blocks yeah. to bliss, we mm -hmm. like to call. So I'm always looking for where that block to bliss is. 
and then helping us safely bring it down. That's, that's really important. And I think that teaching, teaching Tantra and trying to get couples interested in mm. self-exploration in front of each other, um, you know, with, you were talking about the OAP, which yeah. um, it, it, for people who don't know, that's our orgasmic awareness practices. And that's very important part of the learning curve of Tantra. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you're not doing this practice with the end result of ejaculation or, you know, um, orgasm. That's not the point of it. Well, so it's a, um, it's, it's an adventure is yeah. what's going on. You're, you're getting this awesome map of things, places to go, things to yep. see. Those are the important ones, you mm -hmm. know, and then you are finding those spots on yourself or your partner and gotcha. developing a, a, a like maybe a sexual dance let's say where yeah. the where both of you or yourself in union or you know yourself alone um can do this little dance and holy shit sometimes this dance can get like fire hot woo and sometimes there's no heat at all exactly exactly it's, but it's yeah it's getting really comfortable with that yeah i, I think i think i love the dance analogy because some some days you're a good dancer and some days you aren't some days um, i'm ripping for real yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. but i think too it's important that we expand our concept around like that's why the orgasmic awareness practice was really powerful for me is expanding the concept that we in this human body have over 11 types of orgasms or more to experience other than the big bang right 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 and and for men um again i'm a strong feminist so what tantra did for me is it really softened my my concept around men and really understanding them and really creating a soft beautiful space for them and then really learning how important it is for them not to just aim for the ejaculatory one right. and to let them expand and be like, you have just as much flavors on your body as I do. Uh -huh. And getting to play, watching, watching my partner's body as I get to play with those is like, Oh, this is, mm -hmm. this is turning. Like it's just as juicy as playing with myself as watching another body experience pleasure in different ways. Instead of just going for the wham, bam, you know, get them off as quickly as you can so I can move on with something. Right, right. I think yeah. for me, teaching couples and watching them learn how to explore each other um, is probably one of my... So beautiful. Things it is. It makes oh. me cry, guys. I'm telling you, the couples that I have taught and, you know, seen, it's the expressions. The tantric union breathing, when we do that, the, that's mm -hmm. a kind of a, a practice that's a precursor to learning tantra we kind of you know that's a couple's practice that is if you've never done it find somebody that can teach you so powerful it is so powerful it is so, so juicy it is it's touching to watch like i, oh, I yeah. every time i've taught it to yeah. couples because I, it's such an opening up of them you can see their energies just intertwining yeah. with that appreciation part. Uh, it's, it's the best. It I makes me that. fall in love with humanity. Yeah. Like right. I, I think humans are pretty fucking cool to begin with. Yeah. Um, but to witness people in that just makes me fall in love with humanity. Oh, wow. I love it yeah. too. 
Now, we're just going to wrap up a few things. Are there any kind of advice, uh, anything, any advice that you might have for somebody who is, has never touched themselves, never, and this is going to be their first time, um, what do you think you could tell them? Um, so it, regardless of what body you're in and what identification you're taking with your body, I always recommend lotion. Right, like the first introduce yourself to yourself in a really loving, kind way, and there's nothing more loving than just putting lotion on your body. Mm -hmm. And and as you get comfortable with doing that, then work your way up to creating a place where you can start to look at your genitals. I think that you need to see what they look like and understand too that whatever they look like they're perfect because at like every flower no two are the same so whatever you've got is perfection in itself and really starting to be comfortable with the perfection of who you are um and just explore and play create a container lock a door light some candles for your first exploration I encourage you to stay away from porn, just play, just touch, go, oh, that sensation felt nice, mm, don't like that. Um, but it's really just think of your body as a playground. Like, does it feel good to like rub my nipples or do I like them tweaked or do I like this? Oh, I didn't even know. Look, it gets hard. Did I even know a nipple got hard, right? Um, <laughs> right? What, what makes me stand to attention? Do you know? Um, if you're, if you're a pussy owner, I, I'm a big believer. I don't like it shaved. I keep mine all nice night because I like to stroke it. Right. And so just playing with these things and starting to experiment with your body is really important. But if you've never done it, really start slow and be okay with wherever you are and wherever you need to stop is good. And don't for, don't fuck your way through it. Don't force yourself into anything because you think you should. Right. Don't scare yourself. Right. This is about opening up. A f you don't take a rosebud and force it open. Right. You let it open beautifully. Exactly. And yeah. if crying happens while you're in the middle of this pleasure, yeah. you're going to cry. It, I yeah. mean, it happens. Or laugh or, or fart. Laugh or or make, yeah, exactly. you know, you're going to make some weird sounds. That's okay. You're going to make some weird smells. That's okay. Weird body fluids will come out of you. That's okay. Um, on the side note too, if you're gonna touch yourself, please, if you can't eat it, don't put it on you. So make sure your lubes and your lotions are as organically as you can get them, especially when you're playing with your genitals. Absolutely. You know, if you are with rashes, guys, because some, yeah. somebody somewhere like me years later is not gonna remember your name, but definitely gonna remember your story. So, <laughs> and share it on the podcast. I am going to share it every time. Um, so, Sersha, if you would, if you would give me again your uh, social media podcasting, I mean, sorry, social media shout out. I haven't done the podcasting thing yet. Um, no, but you're going to. It's going to be fun. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> to know. I think I enjoy being more of a guest. That seems more entertaining. Oh, I love it. I love you. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah. But yes, social media shout out. Uh, so we can go to Sersha, Sersha Wang. 
um, on Instagram and Facebook if you want to follow me there. Uh, my Facebook is an entertaining journey of my personal opinion. So if you don't want those, maybe follow my Instagram. It's much more inspiring. If you like um, me, you follow her Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go to my website, asaditantra.com to hit me up if you want to work with me. And you can also um, just email me at asaditantra um, at gmail.com and email me any questions you want or if you just want to be like, hey, I'm good with that too. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. And guys, you can find me on pleasurepathways.com or Pleasure Pathways on Facebook and Instagram and the new upcoming buriedpleasures.com. Thank you so much, Sarsha, for being here. We're talking about self-love. I love that. I love you so much. It's a pleasure. I hope you guys all have a good evening. It's good to see you all here. Sunrise on the sun